You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 358. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 358. Before I let you into this awesome new episode, I just wanted to give a very light trigger warning that we do talk about some concepts around being a victim or a survivor in this particular episode. So if that is something that tends to be a little triggering for you. We just wanted to make sure that you are aware of that. We do also talk very briefly about situations of sexual assault and also uh, violence. And if those are anything that will deter you in any way, we just want to emphasize that the most important thing is for you to take care of yourself. And we wanted to give a proper warning at the top of the show. Take care. You're listening to The Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. Well, hello. Well, hello. Hey, audience. What's up, peeps? Hope you are all very safe and healthy, considering yeah, 2020 has gone to shit. Really has. So it's August, but it feels like Jan Sember. Question mark. It's so mixed up. It's I can't believe that we're still here, but I also can believe that we're still here. It's yeah. kind of that that push pull. So. We are going to talk about the things that we can do. And one of the things that I've noticed, even for myself, I have to be really vigilant about is how much I blame government. Uh And so we're going to be talking about blame today, but just how blame shows up in our life and how it really does rob our joy cuz i'll tell you what when i'm watching news and getting all pissed off and all worked up the president isn't hurting right, right, right. like congress is chilling they don't hear it they're not not feeling it i'm the one suffering and that is a example that i think many of you guys could understand yeah, right that's now a great point. but we feel that blame even when it's for our in-laws or our partners or our spouse or our siblings or whoever else it might be in our worlds, when we get locked into a place of blame, it usually doesn't feel the greatest. Sometimes we feel validated and vindicated, but sure. it we feel kind of yucky and gross. It's not a euphoric feeling. So we're going to dig into all of that today. That's on the docket. But I think we should add a little hilarity to the mix first. What do you think? Well, I don't know about hilarity. This one isn't crazy funny, but we do a segment. We like to call. Would you rather? This episode of Would You Rather is, would you rather be unable to stand up for yourself or wow. never know when to back down? Wow. I thought it was That's kind a of a very, Joy Junkie-esque yeah, kind of. Very applicable. Uh, yeah. Applique. Wow. I mean, coming from your perspective where you're teaching people to stand up for themselves, how does that strike you? I feel, especially 
with, oh man, this is really tough. I was thinking, especially with all of the conversations I've been having lately about race and social justice and systems of oppression for all different identities, even as a woman, I can't, I think I'd rather not know when to back down. But then the other side of that is, will you get injured? Will you get hurt? Right. I I imagine you'd be getting into, because if you never knew when to back down, it would lead to that. That's right. Yeah. And, but then I also think if you are not backing down, perhaps you're just, that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to blows or anything like that. It could just mean that you are not letting it slide. Which I already do with you. you. Trying to skate around my little. I'm trying uh, to loophole it up. Trying to loophole no, it up. No, but you over know, here? you know how I will. I already do. Like when I have to prove that I'm right, and you're like, "No, that's not that," and and I'm like, <laughs> "Don't come at me like I that." I love how you say it when I have to prove that I'm right. <laughs> well, because then you say it with all sorts of confidence. Mm. And I'm like, I I'm going to have to show you. I'm going to. That's ha- not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about if you're in a conversation. And you have conflicting viewpoints on something. You will not back down on your viewpoint. You you don't know when to just let it go. Ugh. Because I already have that tendency already. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. I didn't think about that. So, and, and I also try to temper that and like listen more and observe the audience and listen to everybody's perspective and feel into the energy. And I'm already working on that so much that not backing down makes me feel like a little chihuahua. Like, (laughs) (laughs) But chihuahuas get kicked. But, you know, like. But the other. Wow. (laughs) Okay. We don't endorse kicking animals, anyone. Not at all. Not at all. What I'm saying, the metaphoric chihuahua. Gets kicked sometimes. But right? can you imagine never speaking up? For you? I can't imagine never speaking up. Right. To me, that is such oppression. Yeah. I can't. I don't. I can't pick that one. I'm going to have to All go right. with not back down. So let me see if I can play devil's advocate. Well, what would you? Uh, no, you don't need to be devil's no, advocate. No, you no. just need to decide on one of them. Oh, I do? Yeah. Well, I'm going to go I'm with. Back down. Um, I just have such a strong personality. I don't think I could take the backing down all the time yeah and not being able to stand up for myself when i needed to <laughs> like when we were at the I've dollar store too long. we were at the dollar store that one time and some lady like cut in line and you like yelled out <laughs> what did i say you were like oh i get it i see how it is you just think you can walk right in front and like you told me. <laughs> and i was like wow i was like oh that's how this line works i see okay <laughs> yeah that's right like, I didn't understand the rules. Now I get it. Now I get it. You just decide that Sarcasm yeah. wins the day. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, that's what I would choose is not backing down. We would, I think it'll be a landslide now that I'm thinking You think so? Yeah. I, I don't know because I do think for some people it's so unbelievably uncomfortable to speak up for themselves already. And they're, but they're, those people will probably pick the other one because they probably want to be able to stand up for themselves, right? Maybe, yeah. Who knows? Or the people that depends on the perspective. Are a little aggro might want to be more, more, more docile. But that I don't know. Feels I don't pain- know if the word. painful to me to even yeah. So right? wait, we would love to hear what you would rather. We talk about it in our after hours community. After hours, 
which is our Facebook group. And it's a really amazing group of like-minded individuals who are on a very similar journey to yourself. And it's just fun. And you can connect with other people. And I do a training every single month where I sound off on any questions that may have come up from anybody in the group. And we actually have one We just had one. I'm trying to think where I'm at as far as when this podcast airs. But come over there. there, For example, if there's anything that we talk about today and you're like, yeah, but Amy, what about if I'm dealing with this kind of a blame, with this Mm -hmm. kind of a situation? You can throw it into the mix. and That's Q and Slay. That's Q and Slay. It happens once a month. And we do Warm Fuzzy Wednesdays. It's just a great grouping of people. So come hang out. just about every day, huh? What's that? You do something just about every day. Yeah, right? yeah, weekend. we do. Weekends I take off, but yeah. the the group is always there to support one another, and it's it's just so, and and we have some men in there. We have people who identify as female, have identify as male, every all different walks of life, all across the board. Cool. So you are more than welcome to be a part of that. And the way to get there is to go to thejoyjunkie.com slash club, and that will redirect you right over to our specific Facebook group. Simply ask to join and answer the damn questions, all right? <laughs> we get too much, too many very odd requests, so I have just a little little guard there to say, hey, what do you want to work on as far as personal development? And then please say yes to our guidelines. It's very, very simple. So do that and we can party over there. All right. So let's talk about blame. Blame. The, All right. Let's the, do it. The blame game the blame of game. Mm-hmm. getting locked into this place. It's almost this idea that, well, if – so-and-so was, wasn't such an asshole, if my boss wasn't so condescending, if my ex wasn't so controlling, if my mom wasn't so such a meddler into all of my affairs, if the economy wasn't the way it was, if the president was different, uh-huh. everything would be fine. Then I would be happy. It's like we put all of this blame on one particular person or issue and we say that if what's implied is if that were removed, then we could be happy. Right. Okay. Which is usually not the case. It's usually not true. But for our purposes today, we're going to be talking specifically about blaming externally outside of yourself, not necessarily about self-blame. In fact, we did a pod on that a few months ago, I believe. So we will link to that in the show notes if you are struggling more with getting past things that you blame yourself for. Mm -hmm. But this is about that whole notion of it's easier for me to be pissed and angry outside of myself at someone else because that eliminates all of my own personal responsibility in the matter. So first and foremost, and we'll we'll get into that in a second, but first and foremost, understand that our brains naturally want to make sense of an issue. We want to find the culprit. We want to conclude the story. If something egregious happens, and we see this all the time in our media, anything that happens, COVID happens, who can we fucking blame? Can we make it China's fault? Can we make it the president's fault? Can Mm -hmm. we make it, uh, oh, it's, it's people not wearing masks that there is, who can we blame? We need, and everybody chooses a person to blame. Yeah. Instead of looking at any personal elements of responsibility. Yeah. So just understand that, I mean, we see this also if there's a mass shooting. Who can we blame? 
people sometimes blame mental health, mental illness. Other people blame guns. It's we've got to blame someone. So just knowing that our mind will always go in that direction, that is our likelihood, is to tend towards blame and to not make ourselves wrong for that, but then to realize it, to have that awareness and then reroute it. Yeah. All right. So this is why it's important to understand this. So that was number one. Our brain naturally wants to conclude. We want to finish the story. We want to get to the bottom of it. Number two, blaming gives us a rush because we can place our energy externally and we don't have to look at our own responsibility. So let's take that political example that I had earlier. If I spin my wheels yelling and screaming at the television or at my phone because I'm listening to NPR politics or whatever, <laughs> who's su- I'm suffering. I'm pissed. I'm frustrated. And I'm not saying that the anger or frustration isn't justified. I'm saying that residing in a place of anger or consistent blame will steal your joy. Yeah. Of course, if we see injustice that's happening, you know, a lot of the the stuff that's happening around uh, child sex trafficking, we should be livid about that. Yeah. We should be furious about yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. So there's certain things that should be right. Exactly. Our anger is validated, is justified, but we will lose our joy, lose our creativity, lose our productivity and our ability to change things if we reside there. Yeah. So yeah. if I'm yelling and screaming at the TV or my phone, guess who's not calling legislat- uh, legislators? Guess who's not uh, donating to things? Guess who's not having thoughtful conversations with friends and family? I'm just spending my energy pointing a finger, getting angry, getting upset. And this can happen a lot. This is something that I talk about a lot with my students in Deep Down and Dirty, which is, if you're not familiar with my, my signature program that I teach, because a lot of times what we can't get past is family of origin stuff, like blaming mom and dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I still grapple with that myself, having blame around how you were raised, the messages that you received, what was modeled for you, what was or wasn't taught to you. It's so easy to lock ourselves into that place. Another common one that I see is partners, exes, and blame, 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 blame about who they are and how they show up in the world. Now, I'm not saying that you are wrong for feeling a sense of rage or feeling a sense of anger. And I would highly suggest seeing the emotional intelligence episode that that we just did. Because I talk a lot about that there as well. So there's a difference between recognizing that in this moment, I'm going to blow a gasket, I'm going to hurt someone, or I've been stuffing something for a long time. I need to expel that energy in order to heal, in order to get it out of your system and then be a productive person. That's very different than residing in a place of constant blame. They're so wrong and, and using language to support that. Sure. Right. Like even as a bleeding heart liberal, you know, there are some times where I'm around liberal liberal friends of mine who all they do is cast judgment, 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 judgment about the state of our nation, about what's happening. And I'm like, yeah, what are you doing to change it? Yeah. How is that helpful? What kind of conversations are you having? 
How forward moving is all of that hate? Not at all. Yeah. We have to think about that, that when we blame, we also stand in victimhood. It means that we are saying that the only way that we can be happy is if that other person is magically different. We are not taking any personal ownership. We're not saying, okay, these are the current this is the current situation with my ex. This is my current situation with my family of origin or with my boss. Here's what is within my power. Here's what I can do. Right. Here's my action steps. Here's what I'm going to do to move forward. Here's the boundaries that I'm going to establish. Right. Instead, we just go, let me tell you how shitty my ex is. And we collude and we use that as our main vocal mm -hmm. topic of conversation. Yeah. It's, it's kind of, um, you can wrap it up into external and internal struggle. Yeah. Right. External blame, internal problem. <laughs> right. Um, Ooh, I, yes. This I happens, that. this happens a lot with, uh, people that are like, I just need to move to a new city and get a new start. Right. Like you haven't done anything internally. You're changing your scenery, which has some validity, but you haven't done any internal work to get you to a new place. You can change your geography. That's right. Your physical geography, but you have to change your internal geography as well. That's right. right. Is that what you're trying to say? Absolutely. Awesome. I love what you said about external blame, internal problem. <laughs> right, right, right. And man, you become such a life coach over the years. <laughs> but I really want you all to adopt that and think about when you catch yourself talking shit, whether it's about your workplace, your siblings, your, you know, mom, whoever, the president, you catch yourself talking shit, catch yourself and go external blame, internal problem. It's a good mantra. I like it. So internal problem now, you need to deal with it. You are the one who are who is suffering. You are carrying that pain. You are carrying that anger. Now, depending on the intensity of that anger or how acute it is or how stifled it has been for so many years... If it's something that's happened in the past, let's say you had a really horrible marriage and you just you blamed yourself the whole time and you never allowed yourself to really be angry at them for what they did. You may need to purge it out. You yeah. may need to have some sort of expulsion of that energy so that you can get back to your power. That's the whole idea. It's like if you throw up food that doesn't sit well with you, it's so that you can be well. It's so that you can feel good again and consume what feels better to you. Right. Because we've all done it where we're like, oh, I need to hold it down. I'll get through this. Just hold it down. Don't throw up. And how miserable are you? Right. But throwing up isn't very much fun either. But in the short term or in the long term, it's much better. Exactly. Yeah. And as I'm talking about all of this too, I want it to be very clear that you must delineate between being a blame-filled person – Mm. constantly residing in a place of blame and then releasing pieces of blame or releasing pieces of anger okay. where something happened, let's say, and you need to expel that and process it in order to get back to a place of personal power. So that is going to be challenging because it's a different answer in every situation. For sure. So yeah. I can't tell it's you unique, right? definitively always do this or always do that. But what I can say is 
is you can always check in with what is my responsibility in this matter. Hmm. And especially when you're standing in blame, it's likely that you are the one suffering. So how can you end your suffering? If you choose to blame, you oftentimes are choosing victimhood. You're saying, I am a victim to this circumstance. And what would that look like to actually switch the focus to survivor, right? So if even if we look at something that's as egregious as, you know, victim and survivor situations like, let's say, I watch too much true crime, but like <laughs> attempted murder, you know, somebody was going to hurt you in some way and you survived. We know that it is far more powerful to identify as a survivor versus a victim. Mm. We're not saying that the egregious event didn't happen. What we're saying is this is how I'm going to choose to focus on this event. I am going to view. It's almost like you're putting on glasses that are survivor glasses versus victim victim glasses. glasses. Mm -hmm. And that may also mean constantly processing emotion that comes up. That may also mean establishing boundaries with people in your life. That may also mean tough conversations. So just because you choose survivor, it doesn't mean that your work is done. You know, like you now have to account for personal responsibility. Sure, sure. I just had a visual. I don't know if this, I'll just say it. Um, it's it's the difference between having a security blanket wrapped around you or having a cape on. Ooh, I love that. Right? It's much more empowering to have the cape on. Right. Right? You're the secure one where if you're wrapped up in a blanket, you need more security. I love that. Right? I don't know. That just kind of popped in my I, head. I just got to download. I just got to download. Just, <laughs> so... just popped into my head like, you know. I, I'm just going to I'm just gonna say it. In coaching, <laughs> we call that blurting. <laughs> I didn't know how to frame it, so I was like, I'm just going to get it out. I'm there. just going to blurt this out. <laughs> <laughs> I just got this down low. But I guess what my point is, it's it's much more empowering to wear um, those goggles or that cape. Right. Right? Completely. Yeah. And the other thing, too, that we're, we're not saying is we're also not saying that it was acceptable what was done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're yeah, not yeah. saying – Oh, yeah, attempted murder or, oh, yeah, Rapist. whatever you whatever, are. Right. That's acceptable behavior uh -huh. and therefore we're not going to give consequences. No, 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 no. We're going to say if I'm given this scenario, I sure as fuck am choosing survivor, not victim. Yeah. yeah and yeah. and so that can be – That's a challenge, but yeah. And that can be very dependent on what we're talking about. And so if it's a situation where – like with your father, for example – he was pretty horrendous in, in every possible way. Like, yeah, most of them. Yeah. You, and you've been really forthright about that. You could very easily have resided in a place of blame and said, well, well, what am I supposed to do? My dad was like this. Or I never was taught that. Well, right. I just never learned that. Well, right. da, 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 da. Where your language and your self-talk and the place that you reside is in one of, well, it's his fault. Mm -hmm. I don't need to take responsibility for who I am because that's his fault. Yeah. Right. 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 Okay. So number three, separate responsibility from your emotion of blame. So this is really similar to what we're talking about. We can acknowledge that that was dad's fault, that that was dad's responsibility to instill in you 
uh, proper values, to caretake for you in a positive way. We can recognize that that was his responsibility and he failed at his responsibility. Yeah. That is very and, – and recognizing it was not my responsibility to parent myself or to instill all these values in myself. That wasn't mine to carry. He failed at that. And at the same time, I don't have to reside in that place of constantly blaming him. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yep. So both of those two things can exist. I think what, a lot of times this is – and this is also very much tethered to forgiveness, which we'll talk about in a second. It can be extremely challenging to not co- have a collapse of meaning as in if I stop blaming them, I am now – I'm letting dad off the hook now. If you don't let dad off the hook, who's suffering? Exactly. Right. You're keeping yourself on the hook. You're keeping yourself on the hook. It's a disempowering place to be. It is, but right. it also doesn't make rational sense in our minds. Right. Yeah, and that's yeah. why this whole concept might be something that you have to engage with a couple of times. Yeah. I'll tell you, in Deep Down and Dirty on week three, we do forgiveness work. What's Deep Down and Dirty? Deep Down and Dirty is my signature <laughs> program. And in week three, we do forgiveness stuff and we look at both self-forgiveness and external forgiveness and it by and large is one of those weeks where people have to come back to it because the idea of not suffering anymore of letting go of something of saying no i'm going to be powerful even though you were a dick yeah even though you didn't know how to raise me even though you treated me like shit in our marriage i'm not going to reside in that place that's fucking powerful But it is foreign because we are taught how to hold grudges. Mm -hmm. We are taught tit for tat. We are taught fairness. We are taught retaliation. So blame is a complete natural place for us to go to. We want we see it everywhere. Sure. It's everywhere. Oh, is that so and so's fault? That's the school district's fault. That's so constant blame. Instead of personal responsibility. Mm -hmm. And again, I'm not saying that all of those actions are justified. Sure as hell not. But I'm saying if that's where you are, choose a perspective that's powerful. And depending on what the situation is and how much damage has been done, then it might be likely that you need to get support around that. That you do need to release that anger more than one time or work with a therapist or somebody like that about it. And I've even had people who who have said that to me too, like with Deep Down and Dirty, like, I don't want to talk about my mom anymore. You know, I'm so sick of talking about her. I'm so sick of talking about my ex or I'm so sick of talking about, I don't want to even litter my space with them. Yeah. And what I say all the time is we are talking about them for you. For mm-hmm. your healing. Not because they deserve it. Right. Sure as fuck not. We are talking about it for you to move past, for you to heal. It's like for you to throw it up so you can go eat the healthy stuff. Yep. And that is very hard for our brains to wrap around. Sure. I can see that. So be compassionate with yourself through time, this journey. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. Acknowledging that the responsibility is separate from your emotion of blame. And this could actually be really helpful depending on what situation you might be dealing with or who you tend to blame. And start looking at what is their responsibility, what is my responsibility. And 
if they are not keeping their responsibility, then what does that mean for me? What are the most powerful choices I can make for myself? So again, back to, you know, the stuff that's happening in our political climate. Okay, what can I do? What are the actions I, I can take? Can I get more informed? Can I take social justice classes? Can I go to marches? Can I donate? Can I? Yes. All of those things are yes, yes, yes. Can I get involved in various types of legislation? Can I look at my local leaders? Mm -hmm. Yes. All of those Mm -hmm. are yes. And that is a shit ton more powerful than standing there screaming at your phone or the television. Yeah. It's not okay what's happening. It's not okay what they're doing. We're not saying that, but we're saying let's stand in a place of fucking power. That's where change truly happens anyway. I I feel like a lot of the things that our government legislates isn't directly affecting our lives for the most part. Some does. But what does affect us immediately is our state of mind and where we put our energy. That's right. Um, So if we're putting our energy into our community or into uh, a project to help other people or something like that, then we – are being part of the grassroots foundation of making our community and our country what we want and not what we hear on the news. Absolutely. So I try to look at it through that lens too, is like, all right, we can look at it from a macro, you know, global perspective, or we can look at it from a microscope for a moment. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What can I do in my microscope Mm -hmm. that would make a change? And that, that is a huge testament to self-care. And I've, I think I've mentioned on the show that I'm taking a social justice class. I'll link to it. It's by a gentleman named Dr. T. Williams. And we talk about, we've been discussing systems of oppression. And one of the things that he talks about that I think is so brilliant, and I never thought about it from this perspective, is how incredibly important self-care, play, recreation community is Mm -hmm. in liberation work in fighting oppression because if you think about it the more that we are at odds with each other the more we're pissed at media the more we're blaming the more we don't think our voice matters or who or we're irrelevant we're not taking care of ourselves we're not focusing on community. We're not focusing on recreation and play so those can be some of the most defiant forces of liberation that you can do is simply to take care of yourself, simply Mm. to say, I'm not going to carry all that blame. I'm not going to let that be that fucking heavy. And it's, like I said, very different depending on what situations you're dealing with. Some of them are weighted considerably heavier. I get that. Sure. But what I am saying is we do have a perspective here. We do have an opportunity to choose a perspective. Okay. Number four, entertain forgiveness. And this, again, is that shift in focus. I'm going to link to a forgiveness pod that I've done so you can get a little bit more focus on that. And and like I said, I talk about this in Deep Down and Dirty, and we walk through everyone's specific situations. And if, you, if you're curious what Deep Down and Dirty is all about, it really is – it's kind of – if you've gotten anything from the pod, think of those as like a little appetizer. <laughs> All right. Because deep down and dirty is like a full. Like one of those little tiny corns? A little tiny corn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Think of it like a tiny corn. A corn in your poo. No. Thanks. <laughs> I'm talking about those little tiny, I don't know what they're called, but they look like corn they're on the cob. They're a real tiny corn. They look like corn on the cob. They do. But they're very tiny. They look like a corn on the cob for your gerbil. <laughs> 
So mm. yes, now yeah. what, what? Yes, those are the like, appetizers. What was I talking about? We're talking about appetizers. The tiny corn. Okay, think of the pot as tiny corn, <laughs> and think of <laughs> deep down and dirty is cool. like a full seven course meal plus cigars in the lounge afterwards with some whiskey, neat whiskey and some coffee or whatever your flavor is. Plus dessert, plus all the things. All the things. And Comprehensive meal. It, it really is. And it's designed to be incredibly transformative. And so it is for those of you out there who feel like you're locked into a place of blame towards other people or to- towards yourself even. Sure. And you constantly try to people please or you have a tight grip on perfectionism or you're constantly doubting yourself. You know you are your own worst critic. Those are the people that I work with. The one predominant theme that they say over and over and over again is I don't believe that I am enough. I don't believe that I'm worthy. I don't believe I'm deserving of the things that I want. Everyone else is more important than me, basically. Right. And deep down and dirty blows the fucking roof off that. In fact, I just heard from a previous student the other day. I was emailing her and she wrote back and she said, my mind – it's been months since she graduated. And she said, my mind is still totally blown about how different my life is because of deep down and dirty. And uh, I've seen people break out of really toxic relationships I've seen people manifest soulmates. I've seen people change careers altogether, start their own businesses, move to all sorts of different places across the globe because they feel empowered. Every possible avenue that you could imagine changing, I have seen people do it from a place of power once they truly believe that they matter and that they are enough. That is the key. For sure. Anyone can check off a bunch of boxes and not be happy doing it. Mm -hmm. It's a completely different scenario when you genuinely believe that you are enough. So the place for you to start if you're interested in that is a workshop that I created. Go to thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop. And in that workshop, I talk about blame. I talk about the a little more expansive around self-blame and blaming externally and how that informs radical personal responsibility. Mm. I also talk about a lot of the notions behind our conscious mind and our subconscious mind and why maybe some of the personal development that you've tried just hasn't, quote, stuck. It hasn't worked for you. There's a reason for that. You're not broken. There is a very real reason that may not have anchored in. So if you are interested and you cannot keep fucking around and making excuses <laughs> and blaming everybody else right. and you're ready to take some responsibility, go watch that workshop, thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop. It'll also be in the show notes. And you can also book an appointment. At the very end of the workshop, you'll see an opportunity to book a call with a member of my team. And you'll have the opportunity to talk about if deep down and dirty is appropriate and applicable for what you are dealing with. And you can have a a great conversation about that and see if it's the next step for you. All right. So number four was entertain forgiveness. Again, I'm going to link to that in the show notes so you can catch that extra pod. This is one of those areas. It's so closely tied to blame. Because when we are so furious at somebody or we are so mad about how something has unfolded or what somebody has done to us, Mm. the idea of forgiveness feels like it's condoning. It feels like we are saying it's okay what you did. Right. Instead of saying it's not okay what you did and I'm also not going to suffer for it any longer. 
that that is the biggest fu to it too you know like because i think in a lot of situations what people are trying to do is take your power yeah so for you to take it back is it's it's a it's an act of revolution I, right yeah and it, it's really interesting i remember listening to i think it was something on npr but i remember it was ashley judd talking about being victimized sexually and she talks specifically about forgiving that person mm-hmm. and saying I, for my own health, I had to. Yeah, yeah. For my right. own health, I had to let that go. And again, it, it, I think it's really profound when we hear stories like that or, or parents who forgave uh, someone who killed their child. Oh, right. You know, yeah, with yeah. all the true crime that I've listened to and stuff Big like stuff, that. Yeah. It's, it is, it blows me away that capacity. But again, like I was mentioning and like Dr. T. Williams has, has taught me, it is a fierce act of liberation to take care of yourself. It is a fierce act of liberation to say, I'm not going to carry that hatred in my heart anymore. Yeah. And, and so I'm going to allow all of that responsibility to be yours. And I'm going to be over here taking care of my play, taking care of my entertainment, taking care of myself. Right. So if you can switch the perspective through which you are looking at forgiveness and blame, it can be incredibly healing. Now, one of the things that I do talk about a lot in that other podcast, which I hope is helpful for you, is that the word forgiveness may be too much at first. You might not be able to say, I forgive. You might have to say, I'm working on letting this go. And again, that's Use something that, that we believe, right? We dig in very, very deeply with a bunch of other stuff in in deep down and dirty. All right, number five is going to be a couple of inquiry questions for you to use to kind of check in about how this all applies to you. So first of all, I want you to ask yourself the question of where do I blame? Where do I blame in the in a sense of it's concurrent, it's constantly, it's reoccurring, I don't let it go. It's something where and, – and a lot of times you can check in with your, your topics of conversation. Like when you're out with your friends, do you always talk about your shitty ex? <laughs> yeah, right. Right? Yeah. Or when you're with your liberal friends, do you nonstop talk about how – shitty the the state of the union is right okay how about you channel that into getting into action right if it's non-stop again like i said you can release it you can let that be purged out and i highly suggest you do sure and then we get back to our peace we get back to what fulfills us right okay second question what would it look like to choose survivor over victim What would that look like? How would I have to behave? How would I have to show up? How would my conversations change? How would my self-talk change? Start looking at that. And then finally, what can I do versus what can't I do? You know where we got to throw that. In the trash can't. That's right. (laughs) Throw it straight in the trash can. Throw it straight in the trash can. I don't want to hear about that. That doesn't help us. (laughs) No, you're right. Talking about what we can't do is blame. Talking about what we can do is personal power. I like it. I like that. All right. So quick little recap. Number one, understand our brain naturally wants to find the culprit. So we're always going to have that inclination to wrap up the story. That's okay. But then we need to do something with that awareness. Number two, blaming gives us a rush 
because it gives us the opportunity to put the energy external instead of looking at our personal responsibility. If you choose to blame, you choose victimhood. What did you say? External problem or external issue, inside problem? External, now external blame, internal issue. Oh, yes. Yeah. Number three, separate the concepts of responsibility from the concepts of blame. Somebody can still hold responsibility for something and you can still choose to let go of blame. Yeah, yeah. Number four, entertain forgiveness. Start looking at what a shift in focus that might look like. And then five, find out where all of this applies to you. Run yourself mm. through those questions. Hoping that this is helpful for you. I imagine it will be. And Let's see how it could be. Yes, I think <laughs> I, I think that it could be. Anything else you want to throw into the mix? No. Okay, cool. Well, if <laughs> you would like to join us over in the After Hours community, please, please do so. Also, be sure to check out that workshop if you want to dig deeper, especially yes. around some of these topics we've talked about today. And until then, we will see you around these parts next week. Here's to loving and living your most badass life. Ms. and Mr. Smith, out. Out.